it's so great to be here today with uh, on another episode of the Clarity Podcast, a bonus episode as we've been doing these COVID um, bonus episodes. We've went through the the fear and the anxiety that have went along with this process. Then we went um, after that, we, we began to talk. We talked with he- Dr. Heather Martin about how we could care for our kids. And then we talked with Buana Chad about caring for our emotional and the spiritual lives of our children and talked with Andy Rotz about um, someone who had lived with COVID. And then we've talked about safety and security and then we leading through crisis. But we thought it would be very valuable to, to sit down and talk with Brandon and Melissa Newman on how we can walk through this process um, in, in a healthy lifestyle as we've all been faced with this challenge. And so we have Brandon and Melissa here with us today. Could you guys just share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Brandon Newman and uh, we are missionaries in Scotland. We've been here for uh, over 12 years now. And uh, the majority of the work that I do now is uh, chaplaincy work with pro- uh, professional sports, uh, work uh, as a chaplain as uh, at the Glasgow Rocks professional basketball team, also pastoral director for League One of the Scottish Professional Football League, different things. So yeah, it's uh, enjoy doing that. It's been great. A lot of pastoral care uh, and a lot of open doors for ministry, to be perfectly honest. On top of that, uh, we were asked by uh, AGWM to serve as uh, fitness consultants for our missionary body. And uh, so my background there is that I'm a certified personal trainer and then also a certified uh, nutritional advisor and then also a certified vegan nutritionist. Uh, wow. So that's kind of some of my credentials, if you would. Uh, oh, and an, an ordained minister as well. I probably should throw, throw that one in. You know. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. And Melissa, how about you? Uh, yeah, well, like Brandon, um, I'm certified as a nutritional advisor and also certified vegan nutritionist. Yeah. And you guys have how many children? Two. Two kids. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Well, we wanted just to to begin the conversation, just to talk about some insight and wisdom that you would have. Um, Many of our our missionaries around the world have been put into a situation um, where they're confined in a location. Maybe they had a workout routine or maybe they had a a eat the way they were eating in a certain way, and that's all been disrupted. What's some wisdom and advice that you guys would have for the audience um, to those that their their exercise routines been upended and their eating patterns have been upended and just some basic things that they can do to begin to find a new normal in this process? Well, in terms of fitness and exercise, I would just encourage everyone to, if you had a routine uh, beforehand, you know, just try to uh, get as close to that as, as you can uh, just to, to keep, uh, keep a rhythm, keep a routine. Now, the reality is, I would say probably most of us, if not all of us, are not able to do that, you know, exactly the same way. And so the the, the key is to get as close to it as you can. Uh, so for example, normally I would go to the gym uh, five days a week, lift weights, work out, do different things there. And so kind of in anticipation of this happening, I did order some dumbbells. Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to keep that part of my routine going, modified a few other things. And so if you have a routine, again, just do the best that you can. If you if you've completely had to change your routine up, well, that's okay. Because the reality is, uh, in a few weeks, it's going to be your new routine. Uh, so <laughs> it's, all, it's all new right now. Uh, but once you get going, once you find that rhythm, that routine, it'll, uh, it'll help you out a lot. Um, and then also, we've been trying to put out different workouts that you can do in the home. Uh, because I know, depending on where you're at in the world, there's different restrictions in place here in Scotland. We're allowed to go outside once per day to exercise. 
I know in other countries, you're not allowed to do that. So really, it just depends on where you're at. But hey, I read about a guy in uh, Spain that actually ran a marathon uh, hmm. on his balcony. Uh, so <laughs> there's a will, there's a way, uh, as they Man. say. Yeah, for sure. And where could, where could the audience find those workouts at? Yeah, so on the uh, Facebook page of the AGWM Global Workers, I believe it's called Facebook page. And then also uh, easier would be if you would became a member of the uh, Member Care Facebook page. And to do that, all you need to do is post uh, on the Global Worker page or send yeah. me a, a direct message uh, and just say, hey, uh, can we join the, uh, the Member Care page? Uh, and yeah, anyone can do that. Good deal. Melissa, I think that we... Yeah, I was just going to say as a mom, because you know, when our daughter was in school, it was easy to get your workout in when they're not there. And so some of that has shifted because you're having to work out with kids in the house and, you know, they always want your attention and they always need something. So you get interrupted 50 times during the workout. And also for the kids, they're used to having a lot of physical activity during the day at school. You know, they go out for recess, lunchtime. So for them, this is also a big shift. So I would just say not just for the adults, but think about the kids and finding ways that they can get some energy out. And, you know, it's important for many reasons, but yeah, just get creative. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. And kind of my standard line here in this whole um, scenario that we're all dealing with is, you know, there's some unique challenges, but some unique opportunities as well. And uh, we would love to see more families working out or doing exercise together as a family unit. It's a great opportunity to, to include the mom, the dad, the kids together. And so we, we actually posted a video last week uh, that was a, a family-friendly top workout. It's a great chance, great opportunity. What's realistic, do you think? I know every family's different, every family's unique, but in what what would your family shoot for? Five days a week, or does it depend? Or what's, what do you think would be realistic for uh, maybe a family? I think some of our missionaries, some of our missionaries are busier now than they ever have been. And some of them, some people there, they got a lot of free time. And so it'll run the gamut. But what what's realistic, um, do you think, for a family during this time? I think for myself, realistic I think five days a week that's personally what I do I prefer mm -hmm. to have the weekends off so I kind of treat it like a job you know mm -hmm. not always something I want to do but I just do it you know so Monday through Friday find the time um, whenever that's easiest and ideally you know maybe an hour 45 minutes to an hour but if all you can do is 30 minutes in a day that's great at least 20 minutes of getting your heart rate up is really ideal yeah, no, definitely. Personally, I do five days a week as well. I'll go Monday to Friday. And then just because of we're ministers, our, typically our weekends, you know, pick up. Right. And so I always take Saturday, Sunday off. In a perfect world, uh, the studies show that if you can go three days on, one day off, three days on, one day off, they say that's kind of ideal. Uh, and then depending on who you ask, um, the CDC, the American Heart Association, Association, you know, all these other organizations, they'll tell you, how long you should be working out. They all kind of vary, but roughly they say about 30 minutes of uh, moderate exercise per day or 15 minutes of vigorous exercise is how they, they word it. Um, but, but those are kind of the, 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 the standard guidelines. Like Melissa said, it's really finding your rhythm, you know, finding what works for you and your situation. The key is just do something, I think. Yeah. And that's one of the things I like about you know, the, the Apple watches, the Fitbits is they have these notifications just say, hey, get up and move. Just yeah. do something uh, and not just sit around all day because it's, it's very easy to do.
What are some basic things that if people, maybe they don't have, they were going to a gym or maybe they didn't have an exercise routine at all, but now they realize that, Hey, maybe this would be a good time to have a fresh start. What are some things that you could do in your home to get your heart rate up? Um, well, there's lots of like hit style workouts where, you know, you might do so many sets of something and then you, you know, repeat it three or four times. Um, I mean, we have a very small flat. We live in a 700 square foot flat or apartment, sorry. And uh, so you have to get creative sometimes. I can fit my workout mat and you can't do much off of that mat in our room. So, you know, you can make it work. You can do burpees, jumping jacks, push-ups, you know, squats, lunges. There's so many things and you can look on YouTube and find, you know, a plethora of activities and exercises that you can yeah. do for free. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. YouTube's got a ton of resources. Uh, just Google in-home workouts and you'll find quite a few options. Um, we do live in a flat. And so one thing I do when I can't go outside because it, it rains here so much in Scotland, uh, I would prefer to run. Uh, but if I can't do that, I've been running the stairs, you know, outside in, in our building. Right. Uh, socially isolating, you know, if I see someone coming down, we'll <laughs> smile and then I'll hop into a, a little corner and they'll hop into a corner or something, but we're making it work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just being creative. I know Melissa, when she can't run outside, she'll just run in the house back and forth doing laps. About 20 feet each way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, she's ran how many miles? Have I've you done? done nine in the house. Yeah. Wow. And there's <laughs> that, certain countries that this is, this is reality for them all the time. And there's certain countries where, where even women are not allowed to exercise outside. And so, yeah. um, yeah, so it's just finding that what works for you. Yeah. That's, uh, that takes the motivation. And, uh, I think that the, the motivation part is, uh, some, maybe some of a struggle. What, if, what if it's a, someone who says I can only find 10 minutes in the morning and maybe 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes in the evening. Is that, would that be similar? Is that acceptable? What would, what would be your insight on that? Well, depending on their current fitness level, that's one thing I do want to mention is, you know, start where you're at and don't, don't start where you want to be or, or where you, even in your mind, if you used to work out <laughs> where, you, where you think you are, uh, because that's a good way to, to start working out and then stop rather quickly because we injured ourselves. Um, so the key is to start slowly. You know, I, I have a friend who uh, did an Ironman competition, but the way he started that training or even started working out was, he, he said, one light pole at a time, running outside mm. from one light pole into the next light pole. And eventually he was able to do an Ironman. So, so the key is starting where you're at um, and then just working pr progressively, uh, working, you know, doing more. Yeah. Uh, and I would say if you have, you know, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the, the middle of the day and 10 minutes at night, you know, that is going to be difficult to, to get, like Melissa said, to get that heart rate going. So you're going to really need to, to, to get at it. Um, yeah. But again, 10 minutes is better than, than zero minutes. And yeah. So start with what you can do. And hey, if it's, if it's seven days a week where you can only do 10 minutes three times a day, well, that's, that's, I'm praying for you because that's a busy schedule you got. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, maybe if a couple of days a week, you can extend that to yeah. you know, maybe 30 minutes. That would be... Yeah would be better what you say Melissa yeah and I would also say sometimes you have to take a real honest look at your schedule because sometimes we can create so much busy that we think I really don't have time to work out I wish I did and and now here we are a lot of us with a little bit extra time or we can kind of create our own schedule a little bit so 
if you work at it, you can find some time to work out. If all you can do is 20 and 30 minutes, I guarantee you, you can find the time. You know, if you notice how much you go on Facebook or yeah. check your emails or whatnot, you can create a little bit of space time for that. And don't feel guilty if you're a parent with young kids, you know, and then um, don't feel guilty if you have to, to, to say, no, this is mommy's time or this is daddy's time for the next 30 minutes. You know, I'm going to be in here and, and maybe work with your spouse. Say, listen, I'm going in the room. Don't. No, don't, don't disturb me. This is my time to work out because for our own mental health, uh, it makes us better. I think parents, better spouses, better missionaries. It just helps us be better, uh, people, uh, when we get our exercise in, when we get our routines in. And so don't feel guilty if you have to, to do that. Just clear communication, I think is key with your, with your family of, of what's going on. And that this is a, a part of your life. Good deal. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I totally agree. And like, I work out in the mornings after I've had breakfast and my daughter knows that when I go in my bedroom and shut the door, that means I'm working now and she doesn't come in there, you know, mm. she'll wait till I'm finished. But she also knows right now that when I'm finished, I come in there and ask her if she wants to go for a walk. So we use our hour a day and, and she and I go out and walk, you know, several miles. And it's a good time too, because, um, it gives her a chance to kind of get all her words out and share whatever she's thinking about and what's on her heart. And honestly, I think it's been a really good thing emotionally for her to kind of process stuff and having that one-on-one -on -one time with me to really talk through things. So, you know, yeah. you can use these things to your benefit. And she's great. 10. So yeah. kind of give it that's she good. has a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, I find myself at this time, um, you know, we're at home. We can't go out as much. And um, when I was gone, I didn't have the temptation to eat. And um, with there's a lot of stress, uh, maybe it's stress eating. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I'm home and there's food available. What, what advice or wisdom or insight would you have for maybe people that say, hey, I'm at home now and I'm eating um, the temptation to eat was not there, but now it is. What can we do to maybe systems or things we can put into place that we don't fall into that trap of um, stress eating. And, and uh, when we get done with this COVID thing, say, man, I put on 30 pounds in the process because I was eating uh, a lot more food than I normally did. Yeah. And again, everybody's situation is, is different just regarding even being able to go grocery shopping. But for us, one of the things we always encourage people to do is, is you eat what's in your house. If, mm -hmm. if it's not there, you can't eat it. And yeah. so if your if your struggle is at nine o'clock at night to sit down with that bag of uh, Doritos or uh, those Oreos or, or whatever, you know, you can't eat it if it's still at the grocery store. And so <laughs> one, one thing we encourage. And so in, in one sense, you can look at this as a positive in that, hey, I can only go to the grocery store once a week or, or once per day. So there's no temptation. If you've already gone, you can't go grab a quick uh a, a, a quick snack or something you, you gotta you're kind of stuck with what you got and so it's about creating healthier alternatives i think uh in, 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 yeah did you want to yeah <clears throat> i would just say also stay busy you know the more you sit around and <clears throat> think about things and you have nothing to do well that's when you get bored and you want to snack on food and you keep going back to the kitchen and looking in the pantry and the fridge and seeing what you can eat and 10 minutes later you're back doing the same thing and your kids do the same thing and yeah. so um, I would say stay busy, but also kind of have a rule for yourself that we eat three times a day and maybe one snack. But aside from that, don't go to the kitchen. It's not time to eat, you know? Yeah, I love 
sweet food. Like I love cookies. I love cake. I love, I mean, I, I genuinely, Melissa always laughs and says, I don't know how you can put away that much food sometimes. And so if I'm having like a, just a holiday or something. Right. Um, but so for me to stay on track with the way we, we try to eat, I have to create rules for myself. And one of those rules is generally speaking, I will only have cake or cookies or whatever on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally only a Saturday uh, evening. Uh, yeah. It's kind of that kind of my thing I look forward to as far as just kind of having a, a, a snack or having some, something like that. So, so there's nothing wrong with having rules in place, you know, for, for ourselves. Um, and if you don't like thinking of it rules, just think of guidelines or whatever, yeah. whatever helps you stay on track. Because the good thing about that as well is that when you have that, say I have a, a cookie or a piece of cake on Saturday night, tomorrow night. Oh, sorry. It's Friday, tomorrow night, Saturday. Um, then I don't feel guilty. Yeah. I don't, I don't guilt myself into saying, Oh, you know, oh, I'm so, I'm such a horrible, this diet, something terrible. No, no, no. It's okay. It's part of the plan. And so yeah. you're just kind of working the plan, working the process. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that's kind of helped us or helped me. So what are some, what are some go to, you know, now people, at least most places that you, you can only get in and get out of the grocery store. So what you got is what you got and um, you can't go back 15 times. Um, and some least in where we're living in Madagascar now, the shelves are not as full as they used to be and, and everything's not available. What are some go, go to food items that you get, you say, Hey, if nothing else, I'd like to have these five or six things, um, as far as a healthy diet, what are some go, go to food items you would think that, um, would be good for everybody? Okay. Well, I mean, we eat personally, we eat a whole food plant-based diet, Mm -hmm. meaning, uh, pretty much it's all plant-based. Yeah. Uh, we don't really eat any meat. And so for us, it's all about having a good stock of fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and legumes, beans, uh, chickpeas, uh, things like that. Those are kind of our staples that we go to. Um, for most people, we encourage them to eat a diet uh, along the li- guidelines that a, a guy, we, we've wrote a couple of good books, Michael Pollan. Uh, he wrote a book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, and then a follow-up to that called In Defense of Food. And his, mm-hmm. his strategy, I think, is, is pretty practical. He says, eat real food, you know, mm-hmm. real food, not too much, mostly plants. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's a good idea for most people to follow. And so, so for us, our shelves may look a little different, uh, than what someone else's might look like, but maybe Melissa could give a few staples that she would say pretty much anybody should always. Well, and I would especially say right now with the grocery stores being how they are, the biggest things for us right now that we try to stock up on are, um, pastas and we always buy whole wheat or whole grains, just better for you. Um, rice. Um, and again, we do brown rice, beans, um, mainly rice and pasta are the biggest things because you can make any meal if you have that as the staple, Um, add vegetables. If you eat meat, you can add some meat, you know, and it's cheaper because you're not making meat the main portion of your meal. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say those are the biggest things we eat right now. Yeah. And it comes down to what's available to you. You got to yeah. work with what you got. Um, yeah. and, and even now the shells have, have shifted a bit. And so you just kind of roll with it. You, what, what else are you going to do? Um, and so, you know, when it comes to, to, to diet, you know, for us, there's a, there's one diet, uh, as far as I'm aware that has been proven 
to reverse heart disease. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. a diet that Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn uh, did several years ago. And uh, it, it was incredible, the studies, but it's scientifically proven to not only prevent heart disease, but reverse it. And so for me and for us, we've talked about this, that's kind of the gold standard, okay, of, of mm-hmm. eating or, or of a diet. And so the reality is the further you get away from that, you know, maybe the less healthy it becomes. But the, the key is to, to make healthy choices. You know, someone would say, hey, Brennan, is it healthy to eat this? Well, compared to what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? A, a piece of chicken. Okay. Well, a grilled piece of chicken would be healthier than eating a deep fried piece of chicken. Yeah. You know, um, uh, a salad would be healthier than eating a bowl of ice cream, you know, yeah. or, you know what I'm saying? Or, or uh, that's not a good example. A bowl of fruit would be healthier than eating a bowl of ice cream. Um, so it's really about making the healthy choices with what you have to work with yeah. and choosing things that, you know, that are, that are better. That's one thing about living in Africa. Um, we have, uh, our food is bio even before bio was became popular, you know, and sometimes it's a little more bio than you want it to be. Um, and you pay the price for a few days after that, but fruits and vegetables generally are, uh, available. They're cheaper than buying canned or processed foods. Um, and you, they're readily available. Now, I mean, you can't necessarily get them all season long, but when they're there, they're fresh. And like I said, they're, they're fresh and, and rarely are there chemicals and everything involved. So that is the advantage of living on the continent and, um, things are cheap. What are some things that you try to avoid eating? Um, you said you eat a vegan diet, but in, in outside of meats, what are some things that you think you said rice and pasta, you try to keep as staples. Do you, do you avoid potatoes? Do you avoid those type of starches basing your meal around that? Or what are some things that you guys try to avoid? Uh, no, we love potatoes. We okay. Eat plenty of potato, any starches we're fine with. Um, okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with having lots of carbs. It's just having them the right way. Okay. Um, we do plenty of potatoes, beans, um, chickpeas, lentils. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's a good book put out uh, because it's a it's a cultural mindset, I think, especially coming from the West of we, we had this this mentality of carbs are bad and protein is the best. And, you know, what well, carbs, you never use that phrase until just a few years ago. It's carbohydrates is what they yeah. are. And uh, your body needs those. In fact, your body prefers carbohydrates as its primary fuel source. It's when we deny our body the carbohydrates is when it has to look for alternate ways to, to feed itself, to fuel itself, to, to get the energy that it needs. And so that's why it's important that we, we feed our body. So the, there was a good book uh, put out, I, I say The Starch Solution is what hmm. it was called. Uh, who wrote that one? Do you remember? McDougal, yeah, McDougal uh, wrote that, The Starch Solution. And reading that helped me uh, mentally get past that barrier of, oh, starches are bad, carbs are bad. Um, no, no, your, your body needs them. Your body wants them. And, uh, and in fact, if you're eating a lot of plants, a lot of green plants, uh, you, you do need those uh, potatoes, those starches for the calories, uh, to yeah. be perfectly honest. That's good. Um, yeah. And I would say you ask, what do we avoid? Um, mainly we don't cook with oil. We don't add any oil to our foods. If we go out to a restaurant and there's some oil in our food, that's fine. But at home we avoid it. 
Um, we don't do processed foods unless it's something that's necessary. Like, you know, maybe if we added a taco seasoning to our lentil tacos, that's okay. But uh, other than that, we try to either make something from scratch or we just don't do processed foods. Yeah, and just to just a point of clarification, we the, the terminology we try to use in terms of our personal diet is whole food plant-based versus mm -hmm. vegan because you can actually eat a vegan diet that is probably so unhealthy. Uh, I mean, Oreos are vegan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know, you, you can actually go through college eating vegan on nothing but Oreos and potato chips and yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, and that is not a healthy diet probably. <laughs> but um, so, so like we were saying, we just look at those, those whole foods, real foods. Uh, we try to avoid uh, the deep fried foods, uh, foods, you know, high, high in sugar. Um, and now what we're talking about here is 90% of the time, generally yeah. speaking. Uh, and so, so if you, if you'll eat really well, 90% of the time, you know, 10% of the time, you know, you're going to, you're going to be okay. Uh, I mean, ideally you eat, eat, eat certain foods all the time, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, you hear, you, hear, you know what I mean? Yeah. One last question for you, uh, for both of you, how have you found, you kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast, you know, we've, we've talked about this isolation and this sheltering in place or whatever word and the effect it has on our mental health. And we, and you alluded that earlier, um, that our physical health and our exercise and our, our diet affects our mental health too. What have you seen as a relation? I know this is a big subject, but it briefly, how these are things we can control. We can control our diet. We can control our exercise. How have you seen that helping people in their mental health, their emotional health, and their spiritual health if they're eating well and they're exercising? Because those are the things that we can't. We have some control over. Well, I would say from personal experience, um, our daughter Haley, she's away in Texas at university, and so she's on campus and all of these changes were going on. And she called me one day and she was so stressed because they were sending kids home and, you know, closing up the school. And so she's still there, but she said, you know, mom, I'm so stressed. Everybody's freaking out and I don't know what to do. And she hadn't been working out and she hadn't been eating great, you know, and uh, I just said, well, you really need to focus on getting some exercise that'll help your stress levels a lot. And then she also, you know, cleaned up her eating and, Honestly, it's made such a difference for her because it just helps you think more clearly and, you know, to kind of be calm and reasonable about things. And then when you're eating well, you sleep better, you know, everything's better, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of science that backs up uh, exercising and how it's a positive influence on our mental health. I mean, when we exercise, uh, the body will release hormones and chemicals. Uh, that actually help us relax and help us. It helps us have a, a better perspective on things. I mean, there's a ton of research. If you just Google, you know, mental health exercise, you're going to yeah. get a lot of resources, and that's pretty well documented. Uh, that that that's uh, one of the the key benefits of uh, having a, an exercise routine. And on top of that, the foods that we eat as well play a big part in in uh, our mental health. Um, yeah. You know, for example, when we eat a lot of sugar. Um, you know, you, you get that sugar rush, uh, but then you get that sugar crash uh, <laughs> afterwards. And uh, many times you feel worse yeah. uh, after than you did before uh, yeah. you even ate, ate certain foods. And it's not just a one-off or a one-time snack or whatever that I'm talking about, but when we continually feed our bodies unhealthy foods, 
it just goes into this chronic state uh, of, of even depression, of, of, uh, of anxiety if we're constantly feeding ourselves uh, foods high in caffeine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you're drinking a lot of coffee, but you're struggling with, with anxiety, that's probably not a good idea because the caffeine can elevate our heart rate and make us jittery and more alert, yes, but, but also it can play a negative role in, uh, in our mental health. I mean, like, like I said, it's a big topic, like you said, yeah. uh, but there is a lot of good research out there uh, to, to look into. And, and like I say, Google uh, best foods for, for depression, even best foods for anxiety, because there are certain foods. Uh, for example, if you eat before bed, it's just about, as, uh, I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but it's like taking melatonin supplements. It releases hmm. melatonin in your bloodstream. Uh, there's certain foods uh, that, that, uh, that, that do certain things at That's certain awesome. times of day. Good. You know, I think it gives, we have an opportunity. Some people have an opportunity of pause. Some people, this is busier than they ever have been. But I do think at this time we can, with this COVID challenge we're faced with, we can use it to self-evaluate, reevaluate how we have been living and um, focus on the things that we can control and put into put into place. And so I appreciate both of you um, sharing your wisdom and your insight today um, for the audience. And I would ask both of you or one of you, if you would just pray for the audience, um, that um, God would use the, the conversation we had today to help them. And um, in this process is for their physical health. And as we've, we've shared it, that, that leads over or affects their, their mental health, emotional health, and, um, and uh, their spiritual health in these times. Would, would you pray for the audience? Absolutely. Father God, we just uh, come to you right now. We thank you for this opportunity, this time we've had together to, to share uh, briefly about uh, nutrition and, and exercise. And Father God, we just thank you uh, that you love us, that you care about us, that uh, Lord, you, as your word says, you haven't left us as orphans, but we have you, we have your Holy Spirit. Uh, we have one another, uh, Lord Jesus, that we can uh, lean on and, and depend on in, in moments like these. We're not alone. Uh, we're never alone. And so, Father, I just pray right now that you would just encourage uh, every one of us, Father God, no matter where we're at in, in this world, uh, no matter what we're facing. Uh, Father, I just pray a sense of peace uh, would reign in our lives. And Father, I pray this conversation, Lord, wouldn't bring anxiety on anyone. They would think, oh, I know what I need to do, but I don't know how to do it. Lord, I pray you would give them a sense of peace and would help them just to realize, just start slowly. Just make small changes and build from there, uh, Father God. And we just pray right now for your protection. Uh, we pray, Father God, for healing to take place and, and those who need it t- today. Uh, and we just pray that you would just bless and meet the needs of every person listening today. We thank you for it, Father. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that was a great interview sitting down with Brandon and Melissa. What a phenomenal, talented couple um, that are bringing vast um, wealths of knowledge and wisdom to us today. And so we're thankful for them, that they're taking their understanding of nutrition and health science and then combining that with a pastoral role and putting it all together to help us um, in this time of of COVID and and the challenges that we've all been faced with to to live healthier lives and to re-examine and to see where we're at, where we're truly at. I thought they both provided great insight insights um as brandon shared you know as we that one thing that got edited out of there was the idea of what we can eat to help our melatonin levels to help us sleep better at night and that was pistachio nuts pistachio nuts and so that was a phenomenal insight 
um, something that we could help um, and something we could do. Him, to, them, but Melissa talking about, you know, we need to take stock of, of our time in the sense that we say, hey, I, I don't have time to exercise. Hey, I don't have time to do that. But saying, hey, do I really or am I spending too much time in other places? I thought the insight of if you don't have it in your house, you can't eat it. Many of you who know me well know I like uh, apple pie and uh, I love uh, Cracker Barrel apple dumplings. And um, the good thing is, is it's out of sight, out of mind because we don't have one here um, in Madagascar. And so I don't have to think about that. Uh, sometimes I think about it, but I can't get it. And so um, that's this, that's that part of it. So we just want to thank both of them for the insights they provided. I know it, it helped me and encouraged me just to take some of our couples, um, some of our family, some of our individuals are busier now than they ever have been. Some of us have more free time. And so it gives us an opportunity um, wherever we're at to begin to say, hey, what can I do? Is exercise something that can be valuable in the way I'm eating? How is that helping me um, be stronger mentally, help emotionally and spiritually and understand the connection between all of those things. I just want to take a minute and thank um, the the listeners. I would like to thank the area directors and regional directors who've spread the word about the podcast. We're now being listened in in 55 different countries, um, approaching fastly approaching 5,000 downloads. And so we're th- so thankful. You know, the byline for this podcast is providing clarity in the midst of ambiguity. And our prayer is by having these podcasts, um, that is doing that. So the next episode will be on Thursday. I sit down with Dr. Ann Deaton. I recorded this back in February. Um, we talk about VUCA. VUCA is volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. It's a military term that she knows well, and she's done. She's written on this subject, and uh, she has a vast understanding of the brain science and how the brain works and um, how emotions play in that and team building, and um, you're not going to want to miss it. She also provides the antidote, the antidote to volatility, uh, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Dr. Ann Deaton, you're not going to want to miss our our time on Thursday with her. Got some other exciting podcasts coming up. I'm going to sit down with... um, Vern Clark and Dick Foth again on Thursday night. Um, we'll be recording that. And if many of you know, we interviewed Dick Foth and I interviewed um, John Ashcroft um, a few weeks ago. This week we're going to be interviewing Vern Clark. And Vern was head of the Navy during 9-11, um, has some great insight and uh, head of the military and just some great background that I think you're going to find insightful. And so I'm looking forward to that. I love the podcast interviews just myself and uh, just to learn and grow um, from other people. And so Once again, to thank you for listening in, providing clarity in the midst of ambiguity, the Clarity Podcast. Until next time.